This time we're going to go into our devotion tonight. Sister Melody Beebe is going to bring it forth tonight. Uh, now I begin by turning this mic over, I believe, to Brother Randy. I'll let him pray probably first, right? Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, for this day. We're thankful, Lord, for your promises to us. Lord, I just ask you right now, Lord, that you would anoint your word. Your word is already anointed, but anoint your servant this morning, this afternoon. Touch her right now, Lord, as she ministers your word. And God, we just ask you that our ears and our hearts would be open to receive your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Anytime you're getting ready to deliver the word, there's always a battle, and I was fighting the battle. And, one, and I had just read about where David said in Psalms, I lost my courage. And I said, Lord, I don't know. I think I've lost my courage. And he didn't respond to me that day at all. But today, as I was driving, driving to Cape Girardeau, because Misty was having a procedure and I needed to be there, and I was driving there, and all of a sudden, he reminded me of the battles that we fought. And I, we means me and all of you, most of you who were with me during the period of years where we fought just so that I could stand on two feet, stand upright and bring the word. And all of a sudden, I said, Lord, you are so right. I'm not losing my courage because we've already fought the battle. You've already made the way. And anytime somebody gives me an opportunity to declare the word, I'm not going to worry about it. I am going to be so excited because I am not a victim, but I am a victor because of Jesus Christ. And I am so excited to be here tonight and to be able to bring the word to you. And we are going to talk about declaring the word. Declaring the word seems to be a, a common thread that God has been speaking throughout this body. Back in the fall, we needed to get the Girlfriend Connection 2019 theme set for uh, marketing purposes and planning purposes. And so the Lord gave us these verses. Psalms 145, 4 through 7 says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. And so out of those verses, our theme for 2019 became Proclaim. And the mission of that theme is to motivate women to fulfill the Great Commission by simply telling their story, by proclaiming what God has done for them. And then the Lord directed the pastor to write a declaration for this body to declare together. And right now, if you will stand with me, I want us to go through this declaration. I didn't have them put it on the screen but I want you to uh, repeat after me. I'm going to break it up just a little. Let Lord, today by faith we declare. Lord, today by faith we declare. 
We are walking in the manifestation season. Yes. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he has delivered us from all our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims. We are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy. But we will give health, healing, and hope, hope, hope wholeness, sorry, to the hopeless and those in despair. Yes, we will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, you may be seated. And so we had the girlfriend connection theme with Proclaim, and then the pastor brought to us a declaration. And last fall, I was talking to God, and I said, Lord, it seems that no matter how much we pray or what we pray, the situations in people's lives seem to be getting worse instead of better. And he spoke to my heart, and he said, stop petitioning and start declaring the word. And so I think if we look at just those three examples, and there are more where God has spoken to this body, I think it's safe to say that in this year, 2019, we are not to be silent, but we are to use our voices as trumpets to declare the word of the Lord. We are to proclaim what he has done for us. Yes, declaring the word of the Lord is powerful. It's powerful because the word of the Lord is powerful. And if we ever really got a revelation of how powerful the word is and how powerful it is to declare it, it would change our lives, it would change the lives of the people around us, and it would change our world if we ever really got the revelation of how powerful the Word of God really is. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, The Word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In Isaiah 55, 11, God said, The word that goes out of my mouth will not return empty. And if he meant it will sometimes not return empty or it may not return empty, that's what he would have said. But he said, the word that goes out of my mouth will not return empty. And then he said, it will accomplish what I desire. And it will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So the word of God is powerful, and declaring the word is powerful. 
So back in the fall, when God told me to stop petitioning and start declaring the word, I said, okay, all right, you tell me what to declare, and I will declare it. And he immediately dropped one thing into my spirit, and then over a period of several weeks, as I would, would read the word, different scriptures would stand out to me. And I kept a piece of paper on my desk with declare the word at the top. And as those scriptures came to me, I would write it down. I would add it to the list. After I had seven things on my list, I didn't get any more. And so I, for a season of time, I declared those seven things. I declared only those seven things. I didn't petition. It didn't matter what people asked me to pray for. I declared some of these, if not all of them, those seven things. These seven things are not the typical verses that come to your mind when you think of declaring the word. But tonight I'm going to share my list of seven things with you that God uh, told me to declare. Several, several weeks before uh, Rand, Pastor Randy asked me to do a devotion tonight, the Lord had already told me, you're going to do a devotion soon and you're going to share your list of seven things. And so I'm going to go down the list in the order that I got them. Um, I could actually, we could actually do a devotion on each of these, but I've tried to cut it down as much as possible and keep it as simple as possible so that we have time to declare them at the end. But when I said, okay, tell me what to declare and I'll declare it, he immediately said, let there be light. And if I had ever heard from God in my life, I heard from God right then. It was as clear I didn't have to stand there and go, what did you say? Or maybe I made that up. I knew that God had said, let there be light. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. In the day that we live in, spiritual darkness is slowly trying to cover the earth. But the Spirit of God is not gone. He is still here, and he is telling us to declare, let there be light. Let there be light that dispels the darkness, that exposes the lies and the deceitfulness and manipulation of the enemy. Let there be light that exposes the strong man that holds nations and regions and people hostage. Let there be light that brings clarity where there's confusion. Let there be light. People who are unsaved are living in darkness. They are empty and they are void. And over their lives, we declare, let there be light. Let there be light that brings revelation of the truth, of the need for them to be separated from the darkness. They don't even know that they need to be separated from darkness. But let there be light so that they come to that understanding. 
Light brings warmth. I have declared, Lord, let there be light in, in relationships where the hearts have become cold and hardened because of rejection, because of hurts and misunderstandings. Let there be light that warms up those hearts again so that they can love and be loved again, so that they can forgive and be forgiven, so that they can simply just live and breathe again. Let there be light that warms up the hearts of those who have been hardened toward the gospel because of hurts and disappointments within the church. Let there be light that softens their hearts so that they can receive the love and grace and mercies of the Lord again. Let there be light. When we declare, let there be light, we are really declaring let the word of God be made manifest in this situation or in this world. Psalms 119.130 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, the entrance and the unfolding of the word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. When the word of God is brought into a situation, it brings light. It brings clarity and revelation and understanding. Wherever there is darkness and confusion, we declare, let there be light. When we declare, let there be light, we are also declaring, let the body of Christ be present and active in this situation or in this world and what is going on in this world. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, you, which is we, are the light of of the world like a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden nobody lights a candle and then puts it under a basket they light a candle and they put it on a lampstand so that it gives light to everyone in the house and in the same way let your good deeds shine before all men so that everyone can see the light and glorify the father we were never meant to be a light that was just hidden within four walls of the church. But we are to bring the light everywhere. We're to bring the light in the workplace, in the marketplace. We're to bring the light wherever it is we're having fun. We are to bring the light everywhere we go. And when we encounter darkness, when the body of Christ encounters darkness, that darkness should, should disappear. It should change. There should be a separation between light and dark when the body of Christ is present. And so we declare, let there be light. I spent more time on that first one than the rest of them, so don't get afraid. <laughs> the second verse on my list is in Job chapter 42 where Job was having a conversation with God. Job was a righteous man. He was a servant of God. So trusted by God that when Satan came before God and he said, I've been walking around the earth and I've been seeing what's going on. And God said, have you, have you noticed my servant Job? And Satan said, yes, yes I have. But you have a hedge around him and I can't touch him. No wonder he still trusts you. No wonder he's so good. And God said, I'll remove the hedge. And so God allowed Job to be tested. And so after suffering horrific losses, B 
beyond what we can really even imagine. Job was questioning God and saying, Haven't I, wasn't I righteous? Wasn't I good? Why, why, am I, why am I going through this? And at the conclusion, at the conclusion of God's uh, rather lengthy response to Job's questions, and God's response included questions like, where were you when I created the earth? Or can you shout and cause rain to appear? <laughs> but at the conclusion of God's response, Job said, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. Job realized that no matter how much he had trusted God, how close he had been with God, how much he knew God, when, you, when compared with the immeasurable vastness of God, it was still as if he had only heard about God. Let us never, ever settle for just having heard about God, but let us always press in for more and more because there is always more and more, like Pastor Randy preached Sunday night. There is always more. While we're here on this earth, no matter how much we get of God, we're never going to get to the end of God. We're never going to fully know him. And so let us never stop pressing in for more. Let us not just have heard about God, but let us have seen him with our own eyes. He wants us to see him. He wants us to know him. One of my uh, favorite stories in the Bible, and I don't, ha I don't have this in my notes. I think it's in Exodus. I don't remember the chapter, but God had called Moses to come up to the, uh, to the mountain. And he said, you have to leave the people down at the bottom. But you can bring, I think it was 70 elders. You can bring them up, but there's a, a boundary line. And they can't come past that boundary line because they can't see me. And so the elders went with Moses. And, and the scripture doesn't tell us what happened. But somehow those elders got past the boundary line and ended up where God was. And they saw God. And I, I, love, I, I love the story because although God had said they have to stay they have to stay down there. They can't see me when they got up there. And I don't know, maybe they sensed his presence and they couldn't stop and they just kept going past the boundary. I don't know. But it, got, it says that they didn't get punished. But what happened was God sat down and had a meal with them. God wants us to know him. He wants us to see him. So let us never settle for just having heard about God but let us see him with our own eyes. In verse 6 of Job 42, Job went on to say, Because my eyes were opened and I saw you, I saw myself compared to you. And what I saw disgusted me, and therefore I sit in dust and ashes, and I repent. Which brings us to the third verse that God gave me. 2 Corinthians 7 and 10 says, Godly sorrowfulness produces repentance that leads to salvation. The sorrow of the world, which lacks repentance, leads to death. 
The sorrow of the world could be just being sorry that I'm caught. And if you're just sorry that you're caught, you might say, I'm sorry, but then you continue to repeat that offense. And if you continue to repeat an offense, it will eventually lead to death. But godly sorrowfulness causes us to repent and it causes us to be like Job, just be disgusted and so ashamed that we could ever have done that or we could ever have been that. Godly sorrowfulness produces repentance that leads to salvation. Let us as individuals and as a nation not hide our eyes from what the light of the word reveals in us and to us and let us always be godly sorrowful for the things we have done and the things we have not done, the things we have said and the things we have not said, for the things that we have allowed into our hearts, our homes, and our nation. Godly sorrowfulness is not being sorry that we were caught, but it is being sorry that we were ever capable of doing or being whatever we did or we were. And so let there always be godly sorrowfulness for our sins that produces repentance that leads to salvation. The fourth thing on my list is in Psalms 50, 14. It says, let thankfulness be the sacrifice we offer to God. Let us rise up in the morning and be thankful to God for all the wonderful blessings he has given us. Let us go throughout our day and be thankful for the blessings of the Lord. When we lay our head on our pillow at night, let thankfulness be on our lips as we go to sleep. Now, when everything is going great in our lives, thankfulness is easy. But when things are not going great, then thankfulness becomes a sacrifice. But there are always things to be thankful for. There was a time uh, that I was, I was talking to the Lord, and I, I was just having a little pity party. And um, God didn't say anything to me that time either. Sometimes he just listens to me. But he has a sense of humor because after I'd had my little pity party, in my devotion that day, Psalm 65 and 11 said, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. And when I read that verse, all of a sudden it brought light to me and I realized I had so many things to be thankful for. I have a roof over my head. I have a car to drive. I have food to eat. I have clothes to wear. I have friends and family who love me. I have a church family that is filled with the best people in the world. And my list just went on and on and on of the things that I have to be thankful for. So let thankfulness always be the sacrifice we offer up to God regardless of our, our, our situation. The fifth thing on my list is in... 2 Corinthians 8 and 7. It says, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, 
I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. In this chapter, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about the church in, churches in Macedonia. And he said, they, those churches are going through severe tribulation. And they are very poor. But he said, because they have such abundant joy in their hearts, it has overflowed into rich generosity. They were so excited about the gospel of Jesus and spreading it to other places, they were begging to give more and let us give more and give more. There's a place in Exodus where the people gave so much that their leaders had to say, don't bring any more. Don't bring any more offerings. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were so excited about spreading the good news of Jesus throughout this world that we kept bringing so many offerings that the pastors, can you imagine this, pastors, that the pastors would have to say, don't bring any more. We don't have any room for any more. Wouldn't that be so exciting? So let us excel in the gracious act of giving and let us be so full of the joy of the Lord that it overflows into our generosity. Let us excel in the gracious act of giving but not just in offerings. Let us excel in the gracious act of giving of our time, of ourselves, of grace and mercy. Let us excel in the gracious act of giving forgiveness, and love. Let us excel in the gracious act of giving in every area of our lives. Number six on my list. Isaiah 55 and 3 says, Come to me with ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Let our ears always be wide open so that we can hear the voice of God over the noise and the clamor of this world. Let us, our ears always be wide open so we hear and understand what he is saying. But let our ears always be wide open so that we hear the cry of the people's hearts that are all around us who are lost and dying and they need somebody to reach out to them and bring them to Jesus. Let us hear the cry of those unborn babies who are slated to be murdered before they are ever born. Let us hear the cry of their heart and stand in the gap for them. And let us pray, let there be light over those mothers so that they come to the revelation that there is a better way. Let the body of Christ be present and engaged in that situation so we're not standing around holding condemning signs, but rather finding ways to meet with those people and tell them there is a better way. We declare, let our ears be wide open. The last thing on my list. This, well, I'll start saying it's my favorite, really. I like them all. Matthew 11, 4 and 5, Jesus told the disciples, 
He said, you go back and you tell John what you have heard and seen. And it says, the blind can see. It says, the lame can walk. The lepers are being cleansed. And I don't think that the Lord minded when months back in the fall, uh, I inserted here, the cancerous are being healed. The deaf can hear. The dead is being raised to life again. And the good news is being preached to the poor. He said the blind can see. The lame can walk. The lepers are being cleansed. The cancerous, I inserted this, but he doesn't mind. The cancerous are being healed. The deaf can hear. The dead are being raised to life again. And the good news of Jesus is being brought, is being brought to the poor. And there really is no need to elaborate on that one. And so I'm going to ask if you would stand. And if you would come to the front. And I ask the Lord over and over and over. How, how am I supposed to close this? How am I supposed to close this? And I, had, I, I kept mentioning different ideas. And finally, the other day, I was uh, going over my notes again, and I, I'm going to do what I believe he told me to do. And after we do that, whatever you feel like doing, you are free to do. But we are simply going to, to declare these things. I'm going to say them. We're going to do each one of them twice. I'm going to say them, and then you repeat after me. When we're finished, if there is something you want to declare... Uh, keep it in the realm of what we're doing. Please keep declare the word. But if there's something you want to declare, feel free. If you want to, whatever you want to do, you're free to do when, we're, when I'm finished. <laughs>